Please be seated. And blessed Thanksgiving to you all. Thank you. I am a podcast nerd. I love podcasts. I'm thankful for podcasts on this Thanksgiving day. I am that person who you see on, uh, in the gym or on, on, walk, on that greenway walking through New Belgium, that area with their headphones on and who is listening to some new podcast that promises to grow my brain, shed light on some new life hack, or expose some story, some narrative I have not yet heard. I love it. Anybody in the same boat as me? Yeah? Awesome. These past few weeks, I've been listening to a podcast from Dr. Andrew Huberman. This is a podcast called Huberman Labs. Dr. Huberman is an American neuroscientist and tenured associate professor in the Department of Neurobiology at Stanford University School of Medicine. He's a smart person. He studies the human brain. And his podcasts are long, sometimes two or three hours long. And that is a long time to spend on the treadmill. And they dive into deep, deep, these podcasts dive into deep, deep pools of information on topics that affect all of us and affect all of our brains. He does episodes on the importance of sleep, the damages of alcohol, the deadly effects of stress and anxiety. Last year, Dr. Huberman did a podcast on the effects of gratitude on the brain. The effects of gratitude. And I want to share with you this Thanksgiving morning a little bit of what I distilled from that episode. I think you might find it fascinating, and it may give you more of a reason to be thankful as we celebrate this holiday. It turns out that gratitude has a powerful effect on our brains. Gratitude is associated with reduced anxiety and fear. Practicing gratitude increases our brain-heart breathing coordination. Clinically, it is shown to reduce inflammation in our bodies. Practicing gratitude provides us with greater calm in social situations and our relationships. And gratitude, the practice of it, allows for greater activity of brain networks associated with our well-being. In other words, it lights up all the areas in our brain that also light up when we are doing healthy things for ourselves, eating well, getting enough sleep, drinking less, exercising more. Gratitude, the mere practice of being thankful is a powerful force. How should we practice it? In his podcast, Dr. Huberman says that the best way to reap the benefits of gratitude is to think of a story where you received gratitude from someone else. Write it down and tell it to yourself three or four times a day. That practice of retelling a story of gratitude can change your brain chemistry. It can change your perspective on your life. It can change your life. This happens because storytelling is wired into our brains. Human beings are storytellers. We have been since the beginning of time. We need stories. We thrive on them. 
That's probably why we love podcasts so much. Humans particularly need stories of thanksgiving and of gratitude. The neural circuits in our brain associated with gratitude light up when we hear stories about people receiving help, people being thanked. Now, the most fascinating part of this podcast by far was this. Dr. Huberman talked about a lab study where people were gathered into a room just like this and they heard a story of gratitude. And here's the crazy part. The heartbeats and the breathing of the people gathered in that room, just by listening to this story, synchronized. I want to say that again because it's crazy. The people gathered in a room listening to a story of people receiving gratitude, their breathing and their hearts synchronized. And it gets crazier when listeners are listening in different rooms or via video chat on Zoom and they're hearing the same stories. Their heartbeats, their breathing synchronized. Didn't matter if they were in the same room or not. That is the power of story. That is the power of gratitude. The act of being thankful. It doesn't matter where we are, what separates us. Stories bring us together. They synchronize our hearts, our brains, our souls. In today's reading from Deuteronomy, we see Israel, our ancestors of faith, practicing the same practice of gratitude and storytelling. We read today how the people of Israel were given very specific instructions about how to present their first fruits from God. Now, these instructions are somewhat comical. They're simple, but they're also kind of complex. It's like our liturgy. This offering is given to the priest in his office, and then the worshiper responds to the priest with a retelling of the Abraham and Exodus stories once the basket of gifts is set before the altar. There it is. Storytelling. Gratitude. One can imagine that this process of receiving gifts, receiving blessings of God, the giving back of those gifts to God, and the constant retelling of their liberation and their salvation, this must have made a huge impact to this small tribe living in the desert. This must have made a huge impact to this faithful group of people freed from captivity but still beset on all sides by warring empires, Babylonians, Egyptians. This storytelling and gratitude must have made a huge difference to a group of people rooted in a very unforgiving landscape, the desert. This is a history, this is a physical location that would cause many to turn on one another to abandon one another. But this practice of storytelling, this practice of giving thanks, it must have done just what we discovered it does today. It synchronizes us. It brings them together and brings them closer to God. Through such acts of thanksgiving, through the bringing of our first fruits and telling our story, we discover that at the center of God's personality is a profound generosity. 
a radical generosity, a generosity that breaks the chains of slavery and feeds us when we are hungry, a generosity that, that when it comes to blessing and loving the human family, God holds nothing back. Through storytelling, through gratitude, it becomes clear that like it is written in Deuteronomy, everything that we have is a gift from God because everything that we have belongs to God. The transformative nature of gratitude and story, it's not just in Deuteronomy, it's also in the gospel reading today from John. This morning, Jesus is attempting to escape a crowd of listeners when they suddenly appear at his side and they ask him, when did you arrive on the other side of the Sea of Galilee? And I think he embodies everyone's grandmother or mother at Thanksgiving when he replies, I assure you that you were looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate all the food that you wanted. After another exchange of questions between this crowd and Jesus, the crowd asks him, what miraculous sign will you do? What will you do, Jesus, that we can see and believe you? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, just as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. The crowd knows their stories. They have been hearing this podcast for years. And they know what they have to be grateful for. But they do not know the role that Jesus played in that narrative as well. Jesus says, very truly I tell you, it wasn't Moses who gave you bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. In an instant, Jesus synchronizes with this group of people by inserting himself into this moment of deep collective gratitude. He shares the empathy, the shared pain, and the collective suffering of this group of people who wandered out of the desert and into the promised land. He plants himself into the story of how Israel was brought out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. He weaves his own role into the story of how God rained down manna from heaven and led Israel into a land filled with good things. That land where altars were overflowing with a bountiful harvest and a table full of food. Jesus tells the story of gratitude. And in doing so, he brings people together and brings them closer to God. The act of giving thanks can be a cumbersome one. As the priest in the family, I remember my mother always looking to me to give the blessing during Thanksgiving and me kind of fumbling through the prayer book, unsure of how to do it, how to say it right. If we are not intentional, giving thanks can become an exhausting process of making a checklist that one is just thankful for, and it can become a stale and rote procedure, one that we occasionally dust off for holidays like Thanksgiving or Christmas, or Easter. But gratitude, 
and the vision of Jesus and today's Deuteronomy reading is much deeper than this, this, this surface-level practice of gratitude, of giving thanks. This practice of gratitude that we read about today in the readings is a way of life that grows out of God's faithfulness to Israel, a way born of storytelling and synchronization. It is a constant, ever-evolving and sustaining practice of gratitude which never ceases. Cathedral Church, on this Thanksgiving Day, I charge you both to give thanks and to tell yourself the story of deep, deep gratitude. I also invite you to listen to someone else's story of gratitude today. I charge you to embody that gratitude of old Israel. We all have our stories of how we were brought out of the desert. We all have our stories of how God broke our chains of bondage and brought us forth to the promised land. Today is a day to tell those stories. And so is tomorrow. And the next day. And the next day. And the next day. Remind yourself of God's goodness and God's bounty. Tell it. Etch it in your hearts and synchronize with one another. Come together with your neighbor. Love Love on your loved ones and your fellow Christians. And with this story of liberation which has been passed down over the years and centuries and eons, may our hearts beat as one as we recount these miracles and these blessings and the bounty of life. Amen. Amen.